Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All fellows with monkey sounds in there called good. The old Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon! Ah, happy Thursday! <clears throat> oh, goodness gracious. Uh, whoa. You're supposed to do that before you start the show, clearing your throat. I just is everything okay? Top. Yeah, no, I just want to do it. This is it right before you're supposed to mm. hit the button? Is that how that works? It and then you do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're mm. learning on the fly. Mm. We're learning on the fly, though. Uh, happy Thursday, everybody. It is, uh, we're, we're, we're nearing the point of, uh, the sports barren landscape. We got three games in the NBA tonight before we hit all-star break. And that's it. And what? That's an, and that's it. Yeah, that is it. Um, no Blazers for, they get a nice long stretch. That's they, good. They do. That was the thing is that they, they, had a little bit up, kind of compressed leading up to it. Yeah. Uh, but they do get the longer break. But they come out of it, and they get absolutely hammered. So oh, they do? Oh, yeah. No, they go on a six-game road trip right up pretty much almost out of the gate. Well, good for them. Woo! I mean, that'll that'll uh, that'll, that'll sort some things out of Rip City really, really quickly. <laughs> Goodness gracious almighty. All right. Um, <clears throat> yesterday I left the show with uh, the uh, little nugget that I have shown my children the movie Big. We watched the movie Big on Valentine's Day night. Have you? When's the last time you saw the movie Big with Tom Hanks? All the way through? 15 yeah. years. 15 years. Yeah. I've watched parts of it when it comes on. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah no, I want to watch that. Yeah. I'm filing this one under, oh, man, things change a lot. Uh, PG movies, way different now than what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... We got an f bomb in in big. Didn't remember that. Hey, from a child, no less. Kevin McAllister's dad <laughs> drops an s bomb, calls him a little s. <laughs> okay, um, it's it's very aggressive. In I was like, whoa, I don't remember any of this. It's weird how profanity has migrated. We're supposed to be yeah. more accepting of things yeah. as a culture, but we've also tampered some of that stuff down the idea of free-range parenting uh in the 80s and just like 80s and early 90s what it used to be like to be a kid where like you could just go out and do whatever you wanted like Mm -hmm. there's a little kid who's like goes uh from the suburbs into new york city and he's like hey i gotta be home at 10 o'clock tonight this is the best friend of the kid who apparently has been abducted, I'm using air quotes here, abducted, because remember Tom Hanks' kid, when he when he's the child, his parents think he's kidnapped. His best friend and next door neighbor leaves the very next day until 10 p.m. And nobody asks any questions about no, this. No, no, not not one bit. It's all very normal. <laughs> it's all very normal. What, what was it for you guys okay. when you when you got home? Uh, it was just dark. Yeah. It was whenever dark was. That's why summer was great. It was just be home 
be home by dinner or dark. It was one of the two I would get. And even then, if you got home a little bit late, was there ever really a fuss? Yeah. Real? Oh, was there? Yeah. Oh. There was hell to pay if you weren't home when you were supposed to be home. Okay. But if, I mean, you just get home by darker dinner and everything's fine. That was it when you were a kid. I, I got home a little bit later a few times. And even though my parents were, were they weren't strict or anything, but it was very much a don't let it happen again. Yeah. But nobody ever worried about anything. No, I mean, uh, no. I never went to jail or anything. Uh, so those things popped out right away off the screen. And then there's some moments that I just did not remember. Like one, okay, go back and watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Go and watch, or somebody just go and Google right now, Elizabeth Perkins, big, and tell me she does not look identical to Millie Bobby Brown, 11 from Stranger Things. She looks I see that. identical to her in the movie Big. Like, it is... Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. And that's the love interest of one Tom Hanks. Uh, I mean, it is... It's it's eerie how similar they If you they had look. shown me that picture, I would not have thought it wasn't yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. Yes. That's terrifying. Right. Yeah, so... Um, Holy crap. Yeah, go ahead and use that as you may. Um, another thing is there are a few scenes that just had me absolutely rolling. Like, absolutely, for a PG movie, it's everything I love about, like, the Pixar movies, like they slide in li- adult jokes the and adults, stuff. Adults, yeah. Um, and I, I, there was one where my kids were like, Dad, why is this so funny? Why are you laughing so hard? And I had Rust pull it, okay? Mm. This is after a company party where Tom Hanks, who is a uh, a 13-year-old boy in a grown man's body, is bringing home a co-worker, which he just thinks she wants to see his cool apartment because he's, you know, in his mind, a 13-year-old with an apartment, mm-hmm. okay? And this is Elizabeth Perkins, a.k.a. Uh, 11, trying to seduce Tom Hanks. I'm not sure we should do this yet. Do what? Well, I mean, I like you and I, I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I get to be on top. He has bunk beds. <laughs> yes, he, he has bunk beds in his apartment, and he's talking about his bunk beds. Yes. My kids, I was just dying. <laughs> okay, I get to be on top. He wanted to be on top bunk, and that was so relatable to both of my kids. And I'm cracking up. They're like, "Why are you laughing?" It's like, "Oh boy." Uh, <laughs> Didn't have that. Didn't have that discussion ready yet, huh? <laughs> no. But then um, there was another part. Uh, there's a boob grab scene where she, as she's trying to seduce him, like she places her hand on his, or his hand on her breast, mm-hmm. and then she turns out the lights, <laughs> and then he goes and he flips the lights right back on. Like they're standing in the same spot. He flips the lights right back on. And I was like, that's every 13 year old boy. Yeah. Right there. They nailed 
the life of a 13-year-old boy in a grown man's body in uh-huh. that movie. Like, they, everything that they went and encapsulated, it was right there in the movie Big. I'm going to need to turn that light back on to see exactly what's happening here. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, I mean, and for a PG movie, it was great. And uh, when I told my kids that there's a uh, Zoltar machine mm-hmm. like like in Hillsboro I guess we had somebody text in that said there's one at uh, the pinball place in in Hillsboro oh, no kidding. Hillsboro airport yeah I was like I was like yeah apparently there's one right down the street and they were like no way can we go see it yeah and I believe at Flamingo Gyms in Rockaway right because who doesn't know the Zoltar machine <laughs> at Flamingo Gyms in Rockaway I was gonna say I know there's one at the coast. <laughs> Jeff Frost, of course, knew exactly where at the yeah. coast it, it existed. Oh man, <sighs> yeah. And this is great text. The fact that you don't remember swearing in big means that you're neither will your kids. That's a really good point. That's a great point. Yeah, we just kind of laid the groundwork of guys. If you repeat any of the language that you hear in this movie, we just won't watch it again. Like you're done. That worked, huh? Oh no. I mean, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> But I'm they're like, not saying that, Dad. They're not saying it in front of us. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my, my wife and I were, we're, you know, talking about having kids. That's like one of the one of the things that it's like both a huge fear and like a proud moment of like, what happens when our kids actually match my level of evil as a child? Yeah, no, they will. <clears throat> That's terrifying. Yeah, they will. That's no, terrifying. That's what kids. That's what kids do. Like uh, uh, we we also ran into this. My mom tells a story of like I was like six years old. I was my son's age, and um, she, I don't know what it was that we had for dinner, but she put it on the table, and I looked at her and said, "I ain't eating this slop," <laughs> and that didn't go over well. But <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> that's surprising, <laughs> right? Uh, just last night, my son. Uh, he had, didn't say I ain't eating this slop, but he's he looked at me and goes I ain't eating this garbage, and I was like, whoa! What makes you think that's and better? I, I was like, I was sitting there and I go, well, it's kind of the <laughs> bed that I made when I was a kid, and it all comes around and just kicks you right in the rear. There's a story comes right back and gets you. My dad tells that when he was a kid, um, everybody grew up in my in my house. Whether it's my father, when he was growing up, my family tree is everybody ate Mexican food, always fresh guacamole, right? And um, my grandmother tried to take guacamole off of his plate as a kid, and she he forked his own mother. Forked. Ooh. Like, took the fork and stabbed her in the hand with it and said no. As, like a, as a kid. Yeah. I was like, and I, I did basically the same thing when I was a kid in the same situation, and my dad was like, okay. Yeah. I, I get this. I understand where this is coming from. We were going Oedipus, Oedipus complex there for a second. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about forking your grandmother. Yes. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, we're off and rolling. We've got uh, we got some sport that we need to get to today. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe not. Five zero three eight six four six three two six. That is the fan text line. We'll have Ryan Horvat, our BetQL Network insider, the host of BetMGM tonight. Uh, we have another pair of tickets to be given away. Uh huh. To Disturbed and Breaking Benjamin uh, on July fifteenth, courtesy of Live Nation. We'll be doing that. In the 2 o'clock hour. So make sure that you're listening uh, in the 2 o'clock hour if you want to win tickets to that. We'll be giving them to caller number 5. Um, but 
We also have some sport and non-sport that we need to get to. Um, and we'll get to all of it today because that's what we do here. It's a Thursday. What Jeez. else do we got to do? Um, where we got to start, though, the greatest player we don't revere, but we probably should. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. God, I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger. All bodies aren't the same. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Magazine covers told me I was overweight. I stopped eating what a Late last night, uh, we started seeing the rumblings around NBA Twitter that Lake Oswego's own Kevin Love would be hitting the buyout market. A little bit of a surprise to some, but these rumblings have been around for a big chunk of the year, especially uh, it comes as a little bit of a surprise because of the fact that Cleveland is good, and usually good teams don't buy out players. Yeah, good teams don't have buyouts regularly. That's not how this goes. And beyond that, Kevin Love is um, a guy who, you know, prior to having a, a little bit of a knock on his hand, uh, had been useful for the Cavs. Yeah, as an off the bench guy. Like he's 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 not only just their off the bench guy. He's also their kind of veteran locker room presence. He's the only guy remaining from that 2016 uh, NBA championship mm-hmm. team um, that's still there. It, Kevin Love is an interesting, he's a curious case because it, it always seems like Kevin Love doesn't get the credit or recognition that he really kind of deserves, even here locally. Like, I don't think it's really even close. Kevin Love has had the most successful NBA career of any NBA player born in the state of Oregon. Anybody in the state of Oregon won an All-NBA? No. Um, I mean, you go down the line, you go, whether it's, you know, A.C. Green, Damon Stoudemire, Terrell Brandon, uh, Danny, Ainge. Danny Ainge, none of them. He's a five-time All-Star, a two-time All-NBA, mm-hmm. an NBA champion. Mm-hmm. He was... And not just an NBA champion, a featured part of an NBA title. He was the He was on the All-Rookie team. He was the most improved player in the NBA, and and he is the rebounding champion 2010-2011 season. Mm-hmm. Yet, Kevin Love is just kind of, meh. And we, we think of this, like, think of all of these guys that we talk about as if you ever have somebody to compare yourself with and you grow up and you go head-to-head with them. That was Kevin Love and Kyle Singler. <laughs> he lapped Kyle Singler 800 times with yes. his, his NBA career. And yet, it doesn't ever seem like we talk about Kevin Love or revere Kevin Love like we do any of these other guys that that have come through the state of Oregon mm-hmm. and we wrap our arms around and we love so much, like Terrell Brandon and Damon Stoudemire and even Danny Ainge. Yeah, no, it, it is really interesting. I, I think it's also the same way Kevin Love's NBA career went out um, because he was wallowed in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to be blunt, like he was putting up what, like twenty, twenty-five and thirteen in Minnesota, just obscene numbers. But I want to call this point out: 
over the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves' existence, their winning percentage as a franchise is at or below 40%. They are yep. the, the least successful franchise in NBA history. They are dog do. Yes, they are. And he put up incredible numbers in Minnesota. And it was like, oh, he's just doing this for a bad team. No. The, well, yes, he was putting up numbers in a bad team, but he was very good. And then Braun leaves Miami, mm-hmm. comes back to Cleveland. Cleveland's already had the number one overall pick, and Kyrie Irving, that's there. Braun's there, and they stumble into another yep. top pick. And they trade that top pick straight across Andrew Wiggins, who everybody's, oh, that's Maple Jordan. That, but he was traded, and ended up being the right move. Yeah. And Love lived up to being traded for that. And Braun and Kyrie get all the love, much like Wade and LeBron get all the love in Miami. Kevin Love was Cleveland's Chris Bosh. Yep. A absolute monster player in their own right. They were putting up absolutely disgusting double-doubles on bad franchises in Toronto and Minnesota. And I mean, the, the parallels are there. Yeah, and then it just seems like injuries just caught up with his career. Both of those guys. You know, like, yeah, it, it just kind of injuries really tore down what could have been. In, really, it, it's an incredible, you think of it, he's played 14 or 15 seasons in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 17 and 10 is his average. Mm-hmm. He averages 17 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, over his career in the NBA, and he had multiple seasons averaging over 20 points and 12 rebounds a game. Like it, 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 but at the same time, there's like, what is it about Kevin Love where he doesn't get that recognition? Is it being mired in mediocrity or sub-mediocrity in Minnesota that did it? Is it the fact he was the third wheel on a championship? I, I don't quite know it's what all it of those is. Things. And then I, I think where it kind of starts is leaving the state of Oregon, going to UCLA to go and play his college ball. But we don't hold it against Damon Stoudemire that he went to Arizona. We don't hold it against Kyle Singler that he went to Duke, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's just there's so much around. I think it might be he's from Lake Oswego, you know? It's the, the most privileged school that, that you could ever imagine, right? It's supposed it, to be kind of like the, that? the stepping stone to Oregon kind of. Sure. It's, that's, I think, the, that and he, he kind of openly spurned Oregon. Yeah. There was that part of it as well, I believe. Uh, Stan Love. Being a duck, obviously, probably plays into that. A lot. <laughs> so A lot. But Love's career, and I, I want to compare him to another local, kind of, in the sense of LaMarcus Aldridge was drafted two years before him. Okay. LaMarcus played 12,000 more minutes and over 300 more games. Doing the math, two years does not equal... 300 plus games in 12,000 minutes. <laughs> that gives you an idea of just how much time Kevin Love has missed. Yeah. And if you look at his career, 55 games in 11 12, which is fine. So it's a shortened season, but then it's 18. After that, he plays uh, 77, 75, 77, then 60, then 59, then 22, then 56, then 25. Hmm. He has missed so much time in his career. And we don't often, when we talk about Kevin Love, we don't often talk about him being injury prone, but he has been. Absolutely. And I think that's part of what has diminished his legacy in a sense. But he is a two time All NBA. He is a five time All Star. Yeah. He is an NBA champion. Uh, according to basketball reference, they give him a 75% chance of making the Hall of Fame. Wow. 
Really? Yes. Lamarcus is listed at fifty percent, and I think Lamarcus has a better or has a better case. Well, Lamarcus, but, yeah, more games played. Lamarcus, seven-time All Star, twenty thousand career points, five-time All NBA. Yeah, but it's but wow. it's interesting because of the accolades that he did get in, in Kevin Love and how where he was on the the pantheon of the NBA for a couple years. It does kind of bump him up, hmm. but at the same time, he's also kind of knocked down publicly. Or in, in in the discourse, yeah, he does. He's like you said. He sits in a very weird spot. Yeah, I. The, that's a really interesting thing that you say. Basketball Reference has his Hall of Fame score as, as like a, a 75 percent, seventy five percent chance, and they, and they base this off of accolades, uh, raw box score, and then all of the the, the formulated box scores like uh, box score plus minus and RAPM. All of the the advanced analytics catch alls. And, and if you look at Kevin Love's career. I mean, you can really go uh, up until the, what is it, probably the 2017-2018 season when things really started falling off for him. Yes. Um, and that would put him at about, what, 10 years in mm-hmm. the NBA? That puts him at 10 years in the league. That 10-year career, is that Hall of Fame worthy? Yeah. Five-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA in, in 10 years. Pretty damn good, and an NBA champion. That's a pretty damn good career. Because I think of Kevin Love and I think, man, he was a great player, a dominant player in a, in a, for a great stretch of time, but mired in sub-mediocrity that the light switch of, oh, there he is. We're seeing him in the postseason when he was with Cleveland. Is that enough to get you into the Hall of Fame? Because I don't, I've never really, I, I thought of him as like maybe fringe. Like I thought he would be the guy with 50% Flipped. chance. Yeah. The, not LaMarcus Aldridge, mm-hmm. right? But I thought of him, he'd be like a fringe guy, but that seems like he's got a really damn good case to be a Hall of Famer Mm -hmm. based on his NBA career. And now, here's one thing that in totality of his career with Kevin Love, with the Basketball Hall of Fame, unlike, you know, the Pro Football Hall of Fame or the the Baseball Hall of Fame, this is your Career. career. And when he was at UCLA... Taking UCLA to a Final Four run and how one of the best great, players in the country, how great that team was. I think then you go, yes, that that is a Hall of Fame worthy career of of Kevin Love. It's just really interesting. I had forgotten that Kevin Love was was even playing in Cleveland uh, because of the fact that he hasn't played the last twelve games. He's he plays sparingly now on a, what is a really good but young roster with the Cavaliers. Um, you, you kind of forget about him and you sit there and you go. Wow, is he? Does he still have what it takes to make an impact for a team? And what does his buyout market look like? Oh, the thing was one other accolade in here that we didn't mention as well. He's a Team USA member. Yeah, buddy. And when we're talking about Hall of Fame, like if you yeah. were on an Olympic team or a FIBA World Team for Spain, USA, um, that's probably, those are probably the, the two or the Eastern European Bloc teams, like. Your likelihood of being bumped in there if you're an all star or an all NBA as well. For sure. Yeah, it's pretty much a sure thing. Um, looking around the league right now, uh, there is one team that has uh, a lot of needs and, and is going to be super active in the buyout market. Don't the Phoenix. Say the okay. Oh, no. The God Phoenix Suns gave up a ton in Mikhail Bridges and Cam, uh, uh, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. Their wing depth, their big depth is gone. Gone, 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 gone. They've already went out and got Terrence Ross. That'll help. Uh, Kevin Love uh, is a guy that you could absolutely... The the Phoenix um, medical staff has worked miracles on people for years. It's like the fountain of youth. So many players have gone there and been like, this is where I kind of revive my career. 
I don't know what it is. Maybe they found a way to cycle blood better than everybody else, and nobody else is willing to talk it's the, about it. It's the dry heat. Is that it's what it is? Heat, it's the dry yeah. heat and the it's snowbirds. The heat, yeah. Um, but I, it's very hard for me to believe that Kevin Love is getting bought out to go anywhere but Phoenix. Miami seems to be a, a player for him too. Is 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 the rumblings? Out I could there. see that too, and that it also kind of fits the idea. But also, Kevin Love would have to adopt the Heat culture, which would require him to have his uh, body fat percentage below a certain level. And not that he's out of shape or anything like that, but that's that's always the one thing that all players in the NBA are like. Yeah. I don't need you taking forceps to my skin, dude. Well, he can be. He's got uh, you know the Jesuit guy in Eric Spolstra who's there. He does, yeah. It's and true. then he can just become the new Udonis Haslam. They need to find a new Udonis Haslam. No, the, you, you can't get rid of UD. <laughs> That's the thing is, UD will always be there. UD will be there long after. Like the the right. world could go to hell in a handbasket, and UD would still yeah. be there with the Heat. And the, I, the phrase "you can't get rid of UD" sounds like something you'd see in a prescription medication <laughs> commercial. You can't get rid of UD, but you can learn to live with it. Is, is that the cure to that Neil O'Shea fungus? That <laughs> you were talking about yesterday. <laughs> Hello. Uh, text 503-864-6326. One thing I love most about Kevin Love is his willingness to talk about mental health. I feel like no one in the NBA really talks much about it before him, and now players seem to be much more open about things like that, and I think that's great. I agree with that. Yeah. He he, he obviously isn't. He actually, um, he's been a big part of I'm Listening, one of the Odyssey outreach um, programs that, that's been out there about mental health and the people that struggle with it. Um, it is fascinating, man. Think about it. NBA champion, five-time All-Star, two-time uh, All-NBA, most improved player, all-rookie team, three-point champ contest champion, NBA rebounding leader, first-team consensus All-American, Pac-12 player of the year, first-team All-Pac-10, Naismith, uh, prep player of the year, Gatorade national player of the year, two-time first-team Prade All-American. Yet Kevin Love is not propped up as much as, like, we will We will do anything in Oregon to be like, he's one of ours! <laughs> Except for Kevin Love. I think we should start propping up it Kevin is, Love. Like, I think that there's still some animosity towards that high school run when yeah. he's spurned the Ducks. All right. let's. Uh, we are going to become a pro-Kevin Love show. And he's going to Phoenix. I... I'd be looks shocked like yeah. if he went anywhere but Phoenix. Now, if he goes to and plays for the Lakers, uh, we become anti-Kevin Love show. Yes, absolutely. But otherwise, we're a pro-Kevin Love show. I, I'm, I'm ambivalent either way just because of, for so many years they tried to shoehorn him here. <laughs> yeah. I got so find sick and tired of writing those articles. I was like, please, for the love of God, Kevin stop Love, talking about trading Kevin Love to the Trailblazers. No, let's do it again. Now we can get him on the buyout market. This team needs defense. Uh, Kevin Love going to the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Uh, hey, one thing about the Phoenix Suns. Uh, did you see the the Suns' former owner? He's trying to buy love. Mm. They say you can't buy happiness. You can. I think he is. Here's Rust with Sports Center. This is how we do Danny and Dusty on the fan. So the Phoenix Suns have new ownership. Matt Tabisha, former Michigan State basketball player, billionaire, lone guy. He is uh, bought the Suns for a record. The sum was it four point one billion? Is that what it was? Good lord, that's a lot of money. We got the Suns and the Mercury. 
Yeah, he did. He got them both. How much is the value of the mercury into that four billion? Quarter of a billion? You think? Yeah. Is that really? I is think that so. what it is? I think so. I was thinking that might be the point one in that four point one billion. Eh. You know, it's a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money. They got good, good history. Yeah, no, they do. I mean, great history. Had the best player in the world that, for a long time. Having Diana, Diana Taurasi for a long time will do that for you. Yeah, um, but no, I, I mean, most of that money is coming from, from the Suns, for sure. Okay, um, and that four point one billion dollars—that's uh, a lot of cash, man. Um, especially because they bought the team. Robert Sarver, a former owner, bought the team for four hundred million, so he made uh, quite a bit of cash on this thing. And uh, Robert Sarver. Known bad dude, known dirtbag, pushed out of the NBA. Yes, I mean that was a, f- a crazy thing here is that the Suns were bought for a record number, but also they were kind of a distressed asset. Yeah, Turn, yeah. turns out investing in pro sports teams really good. Well, see, I wonder what what that's going to mean for you know uh, like Jody Allen and Vulcan mm-hmm. because the Blazers currently are not a distressed asset. No. She doesn't have to sell. It is come woo me, and if you the price is right, maybe uh, you can have it. Sure. And if if you maybe want to buy my NFL team, you can do that too. Go ahead. We just have a not not for one whole price. Nice. Yeah, maybe maybe put them together. Ten billion dollars. There you go. Ten billion dollars. <laughs> you can get the Seahawks and the Blazers for for the low low price of ten ninety nine <laughs> billion. Come on down, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Um, but Robert Sarver, uh, in his newfound fortune, for being so bad for so long, he's trying to buy happiness on the way out. And damn it, I think he's on the right track here because he's giving each employee that was employed by the team, full-time employee of the team, $20,000. So basically, if, if you were employed by the team a year ago... yeah. When the sale before the sale went final, yeah, which is technically his kind of quasi last day, and th- this also is when all the other people that were suing him, uh, they they were all run off. So this is like uh, all the people that were, I guess, Robert Sarver loyalists. They are going uh, down the road of twenty thousand dollars a piece, which is not that's a good deal. If you go to the high end here, which is about three hundred employees, six million dollars. That's pocket change for him. It it when you think about it, it's like, ah, oh, that sounds great. But then you start thinking about you do the math real quick, and you're like, that's six million dollars. Six million dollars of his four billion that uh he's gonna be getting out of this thing. Well, and I he mean, also, he's not getting all four billion, but no, but he's also donating another five million to the team's charity. So he's don he's basically donating all right. around probably ten plus million dollars. But you know what else that is? Hmm. Pocket change. It's a, number one, it's a pocket change, but more importantly, it's a tax write off. Oh yeah, yeah. Every time everybody calls out the when Kyrie Irving does, but he gives so much money to charity, and I'm like, you know, that that's great. I awesome. I, I'm glad it's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a write off. <laughs> and when a guy is motivated by money, like Kyrie Irving, who everybody's like, he's not motivated by money. It's weird because every time his money is threatened, he changes his tune on. His, how his public perception is. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, and it's very much, I believe, the same thing here with Robert Sarver. Yeah, but also if you're being a, if you've been a jerk to people for so long, um, you know, I'd rather I have the money like than not. The least you can do. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not, 
I'm not going to criticize the guy uh, for giving a, giving I away won't. that money. I'll criticize him for all the other things that he did. You know, uh, th- those two things can be mutually exclusive. He can be mm. a, a colossal a hole to people and a dirtbag, and uh, he can also do one nice thing on the way out, which is give these employees twenty thousand dollars, which uh, should be standard probably, because there's no guarantee that any of those people are going to have a job under new ownership. No, you're not. You're, house. Yeah, you're not wrong about that because typically when new ownership comes in, that does happen. Is there's a a big transition that takes place. Um, I mean, after taxes, you're probably looking at $10,000 a piece of people, and that's not anything to sneeze at. That can change some lives. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Um, but I also tend to look at the 20-plus years of dirtbaggery and go, eh, this sounds like kind of like hush money. Question. Does that include players, their employees? <laughs> Any player that was on the team as of February 15th last year? Like, mm-hmm. so is DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul getting $20,000 from Robert Sarver? <laughs> They're technically employees. <laughs> They uh, legally they can't. Yeah, because the CBA. The CBA. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. if they were entitled to shares, that's the kind of money you go ahead and give to the to the clubhouse guys. That's right. You just yep. Get that one or slide that one right on. Slide down. that around over to the clubhouse attendants because that's uh it's actually how they end up making most of their money. Is by tips, yeah. Tips and and playoff shares and stuff like that 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 players usually donate. How many of those guys do you think reports those to the IRS? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the ones in Portland do. Sure, yeah, no, they're they're, but, they're above board. But we're above talking approach. other places, yeah. yeah. IRS agent who's listening to this, <laughs> stand down, stand down. You got better people to tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go go tackle people who make more than a million dollars a year. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Huh. Well, hey, Robert Sarver, good job on doing something good for somebody. I only want to give him that. All right. But how do you? How are you going to spend this, I, I, Downer Danny? I'm not even Downer Danny <laughs> about it. It's just I don't trust him. Oh, you think that he's he's going to pull the carpet out? No, I just think that there's probably some hush hush in there. It's not no, no NDAs were signed, but they, they it's implied. It's implied you don't say anything more. Yeah, it's implied. Ah, no, no. Stick to your guns. Take that twenty grand and, and then, uh, then poop on him, and then use it to buy a great <laughs> lawyer to sue him for a million. <laughs> American way. Let's go. How American now we're are talking. you? Now huh? we're talking. I like this. You get a bigger chunk of that. Get you, get your pound of flesh out of it. You buy mm-hmm. that. You buy that high price lawyer with that money. All right. Um, well, Robert Sarver, you, you're doing something. You're doing something. Something. Yeah. There we go. That's where we land. He did something. All right. A broken uh, clock is right twice a day. Huh. Yep. Well, this one's once. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, there's a new formula for drumming up attention. In a sports league, mm. and we have another league jumping on board that it, they're going in the deep end. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Visiting is pretty. Visiting is good. Seems that all they ever wanted was a brother. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey and the fan. We can keep it good. Netflix series Full Swing. It just went on to Netflix. They debuted uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Have you guys gotten a chance to check it out? Either one of you guys? I've watched the uh, about twenty seconds of the Netflix roll on when you scroll over the top of it, and I was like, I want to watch this. You should. You should. Um, Rust, have you seen any of it? I have not. Okay. 
It's Netflix's answer to the uh, F1 series. Yeah, it's, well, it's made by the same people. Drive mm-hmm. to Survive, which is F1, which has gotten F1 into the like, front and center into the, the consciousness of Americans mm-hmm. uh, as a whole. Not a lot of people are still are watching it stateside yet, but they actually have an awareness and a knowledge of who guys like Lewis Hamilton are yes. now. Um, and the, the inner workings, because they've made Drive to Survive into a dramatic series, mm-hmm. and you get to see the personalities and explains to you on a on a baseline level kind of what the sport is and how it operates and how it works. I'm two episodes into full swing and I'm confident in saying like this is one of the best things for golf. The sport of golf in the PGA Tour. It will be massive if golf continues to move forward down a path of promoting the individuals in it because you're finally getting a glimpse of who these people actually are, their personalities. Sometimes you hear them swear. You hear, dun, 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 dun. oh my gosh. But then you get guys like Scotty Scheffler, who's as squeaky clean as he could possibly be. And But you get to see a human side of him yes. and a personal side of him and see how much of a grind it actually is to get to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the way that they explain on a baseline level what the PGA is while also going deep into the weeds on some of the, the dirt of the PGA tour mm-hmm. at the same time, it's amazing storytelling and I'm not going to have any spoilers for anybody out there because you guys haven't seen it. And I know a lot of people it's new to Netflix. I'm telling you though, this is the way to package your sport. Yes. The the NFL started doing this kind of with hard knocks. Yeah. And yeah. now everybody looks forward to it. And uh, locally, the Trailblazers are leaning into this, kind of. Uh, I would highly recommend uh, for anybody who's a Trailblazers fan, go watch the trail. Yeah, It's a documentary kind of series that's following the team around and through. Yes, it's edited for the Blazers and yeah. because it's, it's done in-house. by them. It's in-house. Yeah. I would like it to go a step further and be away from that. But I know the guy, the Tristan, the camera guy who's doing it all, that does or does all of the filming, is tremendous. And it, like you get insights and you get to see things, good and bad, mm-hmm. that give you more insights of how people are. The terrifying part about it for brand managers, whether you're in the PGA, NBA, NFL, is they don't want yeah. <laughs> their guys, to, their personalities to come through sometimes. Because some, let's be honest, most people's personalities aren't that interesting. Yeah. They're in This is the thing with Full Swing is that there's a lot of stuff I'm surprised, just two episodes in, I'm surprised What's that on there? PGA is okay with it. I'm surprised that the guys are okay with it being on there. Just because of, um, it It doesn't seem like it would be, especially in, like, I mean, this isn't to spoil anything at all, but they, they're profiling guys that have left for the Live Tour. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be a big storyline yes. in all of this. And I think that this is where Full Swing can be massive for the game of golf. Massive. If the Live Tour and the PGA Tour can coexist, that show right there becomes where they meet. Yep. And where they can collide. And where you re- you WWE your storylines and you mm-hmm. create storylines heading into events. Because we're already hearing of guys like, but there's an article out, uh, Alan Chipnuck, who did the... You kind of spilled the beans on Phil Mickelson with the biography mm-hmm. and started this whole live stuff. He did a mailbag like Q&A and it was asked about like, hey, is there any of these live guys that may have buyer's remorse? 
and he he mentions Brooks Kepka is a guy who already wants like he's already hearing rumblings that Brooks wants back in the PGA because he felt like his body was shutting down and that his body would never be the same. So what did he do? He went to live because it was guaranteed Money. cash. Yeah, it was cash. He knew he knew he was going to get a big sum. And if his body was breaking down year after year, well, guess what? Brooks is feeling good again. Yeah. And Brooks, like, there's these rumblings around the golf world that Brooks wants back onto the PGA Tour. And can he do that? Will he be able to do it? Well, there's lawsuits that are ongoing with the European Tour that may allow him to get on the European Tour and start playing in other events. But if you can get that and you watch full swing in in episode two is surrounding Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. It really explains a lot, and you can see the pressures that were on him by and put on by himself to win every single week on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. And it, it, like you start going, I kind of get it. Like I, I, I kind of understand if you feel this way about who you are in your body, why you might go down that road. But this could amplify all of it, and it could make it, it could make it must see TV. Uh, this is the thing is uh, I've I don't know if you know this. There is a camera crew that followed Kobe Bryant his entire last year mm. with the Lakers. That footage has never seen the light of day. Really? Nope. I would love to see it. Love to see it. Huh. And I believe it was the same camera crew that was with Michael Jordan for the, the for what ended up being the last dance documentary. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see that footage and not have it sit there for thirty years. <laughs> it will. But like that's like, like I yeah. I want people to have more access to people. Yeah. Like I, that's the cool thing about covering a team, right? Is that you know you're in the locker room, you're around the players before games and after games, and you see and hear things that that don't and shouldn't go out in in media. Yeah. But you also get an idea of of guys' personalities, their families, their their hopes and dreams off the floor, and who they are as people. And I think it's a wonderful thing, and that. I wish we did more of it. It's the best thing for every sport. It may not be the best thing for an individual. Yeah. It, it may take a guy who's got a squeaky squeaky clean reputation, maybe drag that down, or make somebody you're ambivalent about, you feel something about, good mm-hmm. or bad. But that's the whole point of sports. Is it? It's supposed to evoke emotion. Yeah. I think Full Swing is, it, it's a really good, it's really well done. It's really oh, well that, done. that crew that, that did the, the really F1 well series done. and now is doing this, like it's the, they it's, are the foremost experts at, it, at storytelling. It gives you that emotion that, yeah. you're, that you're talking about right 100%. there. 100%. Yeah. And the wags. Do, if you're going to watch it, <laughs> you could just watch it for the wags. Wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> if, they get into, if they get into the soccer side of things, then uh, it gets very terrifying in that regard. I don't know. Golf's got it pretty good, man. And these guys, how homes that they live in? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Just keep in mind, there was a soccer player that was just married to Shakira. There's nothing about Jupiter, Florida. That sounds remotely enticing until you see it. Yeah, and then you're like, whoa, I'd be a Florida man. (laughs) I might might be a Florida man. It's weird how every golfman lives in Jupiter, Florida. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. As this text says at 503-864-6326, it was also fascinating to see how fragile Kepka's self-confidence is. Yeah. How, like, and really, it's amazing to see how all of these guys, like, mentally, that's the toughest fight that they have. Like, you hear them talking about 
it, it really is. It's day to day, swing to swing, where you're like, you can swing and you're like, yep, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got it back. And then it can be gone for so long and you're like, you're searching for it. And I'm hey, like, it's gone. I'm watching that going, yes, I know that feeling. Yeah, but I know that I know feeling. the feeling of it being gone, but never actually, of it actually being there. I've had runs where I'm, for me, it's there. Not, it's a different planet than they're there. <laughs> but I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it right now. And you're, you're always searching for it one more time. And that's what these guys are, are all trying to do. And that's crazy to, to think of how fragile the ego of, mm-hmm some of the biggest ego guys are in a wow. sport where you're one-on-one uh, where you have to have the ego. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, maybe track and field could benefit from something like that too. Yes. Yeah, you know, the individual sports yeah. go and get it in that re- regard. All right. Coming up next hour, we got Ryan Horvath, our BetQL network insider, the host of BetMGM tonight, uh, but coming up next smoke screens or moving on. Who do you believe in the case of Justin Fields, Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.